0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. This is the show that's so nice. We do it twice. Already did episode one. Hopefully you already listened or watched that. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL to the Thursday night game and all the Sunday 1 o'clock games. Now we dive into the Sunday late games. Sunday nighter, Monday nighter with my guy Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan. Joe, we start with the Jaguars getting frisky against the Chargers who have some injury concerns.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought Trevor Lawrence looked great in that game, probably the best he's looked in the NFL thus far. Um, there's a couple of things to point out here. Christian Kirk um, is the wide receiver eight by fantasy points per game, and it's not a fluke. He's seen 26.5% of Trevor Lawrence's target so far this year, and by Scott Barrett's expected fantasy points, he's 16th. So Christian Kirk is a weekly starter right now. I'd expect him to be a solid wide receiver two this season based on usage. Now, I think one of the reasons James Robinson blew um, uh, Travis Etienne away in that game on Snapchat was because the, the, the Jaguars led it from the outset and didn't uh, and didn't need to catch up. They didn't need to throw. Um, Etienne probably would be the back if they're in a hurry-up situation, and I would expect. There's probably going to be more of that opportunity here against uh, the Chargers. But I think Robinson's a decent RB2 right now. It is a slight concern for me. and like I never like saying, oh, well, if you take away the good plays, this player was bad. But he had 23 carries for 64 yards in week one – in week two, rather. He was untouched on a 37-yard touchdown. Like, basically, the Colts just let him go right up the middle – and on his other 22 carries, Robinson gained 27 yards. So that is a slight concern. I do expect to see more ETN this week for the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: Meanwhile, for the Chargers,
1: we have, I mean, obviously, Ross, this is quite, we're recording this on Wednesday. You guys probably know more information than now than when you're listening to it. Um, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, what are the statuses of these two guys? It certainly affects how we'd look at the passing game if one, or obviously if Herbert's out, that's massive because Chase Daniels, the backup quarterback, how we view guys like Josh Palmer, how we view guys like Mike Williams. One thing to throw out there with the Chargers though, Um, Austin Eckler's snaps and routes and carries are all down from last year. It is a concern for me right now. The good news is, They've run 12 plays inside the 10-yard line. He's been on the field for nine of them. The touchdowns just haven't come yet for Eckler. But the usage is down, and Eckler suggested before the season that that might be the case.
0: Ooh. um, That is interesting. Rams are in Arizona take on the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, Rams are laying uh, laying three and a half here. That opened at two. Um, The total's been bet down. I don't think bettors are viewing – Arizona's win against the Raiders as impressive. Um, You know, Kyler Murray's out there running around a couple of plays. Um, By the way, Tyler, uh, let's talk Rams. There's two situations to look at for, because, you know, look, you know, Allen Robinson's a wide receiver three. Um, He's clearly the secondary option here. Uh, We know about Cooper Cup. Tyler Higby leads all tight ends in targets. Now he's seventh in fantasy points because that's been the Tyler Higby story. But because of all the targets he's gotten, he's a startable tight end on a weekly basis right now. Cam Akers took the words of Josh McDa- uh, 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 Sean McVay to heart. Okay. He outcarried Daryl Henderson 15 to 10. But and here's a key but Henderson ran way more routes than Cam Akers did in week two 20 to 8. At the Rams' offensive line has not been good, though. They have opened up an average of minus .05 yards before contact, which is the worst in the league. They're now down to their third-string right guard, their second-string center. Joe Noteboom, the left tackle, has been banged up. The offensive line is a concern for me with the Rams here. Arizona? Um, I have still don't have good vibes here. Their offense looks lifeless unless Kyler Murray goes out there and makes a couple of plays. Marquise Brown, solid wide receiver, too, based on target share. Uh, The one thing I will say is Zach Ertz looked really good. Um, He looked way better in week two than he did in week one, so he's startable. Keep an eye on the status of James Conner. He has an ankle injury. He might not play in this game. Um, So with Rondell Moore's injury, Greg Dortch, by the way, has been a viable Uh, streaming and DFS option, the Rams just put corner Troy Hill on IR, so they have an injury there in the secondary um, if if you're looking at somebody like Greg Dortch. But if James Conner doesn't play, Darrell Williams and Eno Benjamin are going to split the snaps. And this was my concern about Benjamin. He is the number two running back in Arizona. But the problem is, I think if James Conner doesn't play, Benjamin's just going to stay in his role. And Daryl Williams will come in and play on early downs and in red zone situations. Something to monitor. If Connor doesn't play, both of those guys are on the flex radar.
0: Atlanta, they put up some numbers. Drake London, Cordero Patterson, they're taking on Seattle, Joe.
1: Um, the problem, though, that everybody is talking about here with Atlanta is Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has just four catches on 10 targets. Drake London has seen over 25% of Marcus Mariota's targets. Kyle Pitts has seen 25% of the Falcons' targets in a single game, just three times in his entire career. Pitts has been targeted on 18.9% of his routes. Okay? That is 20th among tight ends. I don't think this is a Kyle Pitts problem. I think this is a Marcus Mariota problem. Our guy Brett Whitefield at fantasypoints.com, Pitts has zero targets when lined up out wide. Almost half of his receiving yards last year came when lined up out wide. That's not a Kyle Pitts problem. That's the guy pulling the trigger. Marcus Mariota just has not looked in his direction. That's a big concern for me. Seattle, Joe? Uh, oh boy. Well, here is the problem. Now, I think with, with Seattle, you kind of just have to suck it up and play Lockett and Metcalf because they're the only two receivers who are worth anything. The backfield though is a nightmare. This team is not good for, well, let's, let's put it this way. I think, I think Rashad Penny's a better play this week because the Seahawks are actually favored in this game. But here's the problem. Kenny Walker rejoined that backfield as he recovered from his hernia. And he played in that backfield. Now, one of the reasons I like drafting Kenneth Walker this offseason was I like, well, Rashad Penny's got the injury history. Um, Walker's a superior talent. Well, here is the problem. They were behind the entire game against San Francisco. Neither Penny nor Walker led that backfield in snaps. Travis Homer did. So if they're playing from behind, which will be often, they're going to have a three-man committee led by Travis Homer. This backfield is way worse than I anticipated. Um, uh, Hopefully the Homer thing goes away at some point. But right now, you can't trust any of these backs. Penny, I can play this week, though, because Seattle is favored at home. I just don't trust them.
0: Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Battle of the Bays. No Mike Evans, we believe. We're waiting to hear the... The news on his – oh, it, it, was, uh, it was upheld. It, Adam Schefter tweeted a minute ago, upheld. He's officially out for Sunday Yeah, game. he's
1: officially out. Um, here is where people are on the Buccaneers right now, and it's entirely justified. Ross, this total opened at 52. You know, he, Oh, Aaron Rodgers is going against Tom Brady. That's going to be back and forth. Opened at 52. It has been bet down to 41 and a half. That is huge. That is huge over-under movement. Um, Obviously, Mike Evans being out is a factor there. We don't know yet about Julio Jones because we record this on a Wednesday. I do not anticipate that Chris Godwin will play in this game. So you're going to have Tampa Bay out there throwing the ball to Scotty Miller, to Brashad Perriman, to Russell Gage. They signed Cole Beasley to their practice squad. They're in a bad way. The offensive line is very banged up. I mean, the only guy I really trust here, I I have to say, is Leonard Fournette. I mean, you can you can take a dart throw. Scotty Miller led um, Tampa Bay in targets. By the way, he had eight targets. Russell Gage had six targets. Brashad Perriman had five last week. But man, th- for a team that has the wide receiver talent they do, Brady is going to be thrown to a riffraff group if Julio Jones can't play uh, in week number three here against Tampa. Green uh, Bay? against Green Bay, rather. Uh, yeah. So the Packers. Here is a, another squeaky wheel who got greased, a- and, and greased not like, not like uh, the mob term, but like you know, greased as in like you know they gave him more touches. Uh, Aaron Jones, after Week One, the Packers lost to the Vikings. Matt Lafleur quote: "Anytime Aaron Jones comes out of a game with eight touches, that's not good enough." End quote. So what happened? Well, he got eighteen touches and he scored two touchdowns, and he had over 160 yards from scrimmage, 170 yards from scrimmage against the Chicago Bears. Aaron Jones is the best player on that offense, not named Aaron Rodgers, and it would behoove them to get him the ball as much as humanly possible. The wide receiver position for the Packers right now is gross. No player had more than four targets in Week 2 against the Bears. Only Sammy Watkins had more than three Um, I would expect Alan Lazard's uh, share is going to go up. But right now, it's kind of Lazard. I don't trust Sammy Watkins. Nobody trusts Sammy Watkins. It's kind of Lazard or Bust for me in that receiving group right now.
0: Wow, man. Um, Before we get to the Niners and the Broncos, which is a very interesting game, I want to let everybody know about something that interests me. AG1, Athletic Greens, Health, I like eating good tasting food. A lot of times that's not vegetables. So I get a ton of adaptogens, high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and probiotics from my AG1 every morning. It's a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Costing less than $3 a day. They've got a ton of five-star reviews. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com feast. Again, that is athleticgreens.com feast to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Joe, we obviously have news for San Francisco. Really, both these teams are interesting. But who benefits or is hurt the most by the Trey Lance injury?
1: Trey Lance is hurt the most. Um, And and I mean that like – Literally and and – Literally and figuratively – you know, when I was saying in draft season, when when the news came out that the 49ers were keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, I said that parachute almost makes me feel better about Ayuk and and Debo and Kittle. And just knowing that if Trey Lance isn't performing, that there's a really good option on the bench for the 49ers. And now this is not how I wanted to see this happen. I wanted to see Trey Lance play in actually – decent football conditions. I know the weather wasn't great in San Fran, but it was way better than in Chicago. I wanted to see Lance play in decent football conditions, and unfortunately that wasn't the case, um, and I feel really bad for him. But the 49ers, like here I think this also has to do with what the Broncos have looked like thus far, but this line has flipped. The 49ers were two-and-a-half-point underdogs. They're now one-and-a-half-point favorites on Sunday night football. I am psyched to watch this game. Um, But I think Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, if he's able to play, are upgrades. By the way, Tyrion Davis-Price, the third-round rookie running back, he left that game with a high ankle sprain last week. Jeff Wilson is the unquestioned starter in San Francisco's backfield right now and basically has to be in your lineup. That guy is like a borderline RB1 based on usage. So, I mean, if you drafted Jeff Wilson or you picked him up, I mean, I I thought Davis-Price was a good, like, maybe long-term stash, but he left that game with a high ankle sprain. So, San Francisco's offense in general is looking up right now. I feel awful for Trey Lance, but this is why they kept Jimmy Garoppolo in case something happens.
0: What about Denver, Joe? They've been an absolute mess.
1: The play calling has been atrocious. The Broncos have been penalized the most time in the league. 25 penalties for the Broncos. That's the most they've been penalized in their first two games in the franchise's history. No other team's been penalized more than 18 times. So the Broncos are lapping the field there. I mean, it's unbelievable. The red zone, uh, Denver has gotten into the red zone six times. They have zero touchdowns. A total of 21 other teams in the NFL, this is per Graham Barfield in our stat pack, have six or more red zone drives. Those offenses have scored a total or an average of 4.3 touchdowns. Now, some of that is bad luck, but a lot of it is bad play calling. Denver has been atrocious thus far. We also have an injury issue in Denver because we don't know if Jerry Judy is going to be able to play this week with a shoulder rib injury. And unfortunately, this is a Sunday night game. So if he's a game time decision, you're going to have to pull him out of your lineup before that. Um, the the one thing that's clear to me is Javante Williams is freaking awesome and Continues to be, um, continues to be a solid RB two with RB one upside. But Melvin Gordon's still involved. Russell Wilson hasn't looked all that great to me. Uh, he sure as heck didn't look good against the Texans last week. I think a lot of that is play calling issues. Nathaniel Hackett, man, he better hope that those ba- those baffling decisions don't come out in another primetime game because oh boy, um, this is as badly managed a team as I've seen through two weeks in quite some time
0: last but not least the cooper rush cowboys against daniel jones and the undefeated giants neither one of which joe is exactly lighting it up
1: yeah i mean look cooper rush got the win against out against cincinnati he deserves credit for putting them in that position at the end of that game 19 to 31 for 235 he didn't turn the ball over um But the defense won that game. We know the defense won that game. Micah Parsons won that game. Uh, Cooper Rush, man. um, Here's his target distribution on 44 attempts. 13 for CeeDee Lamb, 8 for Tony Pollard, 7 for Noah Brown. Um, Lamb got 11 targets and finished as the wide receiver 23 in week two, so the light is on for him. But, I mean, the idea of... And I think a large part of this is Dak Prescott being hurt. But the idea of CeeDee Lamb has always been greater than the reality of CeeDee Lamb. So I'm I'm starting to be concerned. Um, Zeke looks better to me than he did last year when he was dealing with the PCL injury, Ezekiel Elliott. But for all those people who have been hooting and hollering about getting Tony Pollard more involved, well, they had their signature game in Cincinnati when Pollard was the Cowboys best offensive player, quite frankly. So now Zeke Elliott actually played more snaps than he did in week one because the Cowboys were playing from ahead. And I would anticipate that to be the case, but Tony Pollard's gonna have a role here as he well should. He was their best offensive player against the Bengals in week number two. Oh, by the way, Dalton Schultz PCL sprain, Monday night game. I would not anticipate him to go this week. So could be a week or two absence for Dalton Schultz. Uh, Ferguson, the rookie tight end, uh, would probably step into his role. Uh, Not sure I'd be picking him up for fantasy, though. What about the Giants? Uh, The Giants, I I mean, that offensive performance against Carolina was bad. Carolina just happened to be way worse. Saquon Barkley has been on the field for 83% of the Giants' offensive snaps. That's the second highest rate among running backs. Um, he has the second-highest route share among running backs. In Week 2, Kenny Galladay played two snaps. Canarius Tony got two catches, turned them into zero yards. Sterling Shepard leads this team in routes, run, and target share. He is the only wide receiver I can consider playing from the New York Giants because Daniel Jones loves him. The Giants are 2-0, and and I might be totally dumb to say this, I don't know how impressive a 2-0 that is. I thought it was a good win week one against Tennessee, who then just got their clocks cleaned by Buffalo. Um, I thought I love Brian Dable being aggressive. The light is on for Saquon Barkley, clearly, though he didn't have any of his real big plays in week number two. Um, they're at home on Monday night, but I'm not sure they're going to be able to move the football with alacrity against the Dallas Cowboys in this game.
0: Ooh, good word, Joe. Did you tell somebody you'd get that in on the show or something?
1: I, I did not. That's just part of my lexicon,
0: Ross. Got oh, no, lexicon well, parlance. more you will. of Joe at fantasypoints.com. using the code twenty two feast. You can get more of me at Ross Tucker NFL or us at Ross Tucker Pod. Plenty of good shows posted. Greg Cosell today on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Other than that. I'm stuffed. We're done. Good luck. Hope you guys have a great fantasy football weekend. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.